Thanks for joining us today. Our church exists to give everyone, everywhere, every reason to know Jesus. You can learn more by connecting with us on Facebook at Journey Fellowship Denton. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy today's message. Turn to somebody and say, you look good. Now turn to the other person and say, you look better, but don't tell them. Thank you, Perry. Appreciate you. Grab your Bibles. Let's turn to Esther chapter 4 this morning. Esther chapter 4 this morning. And uh, we're going to dig into the Word this morning. It's going to be good. I'm, I've been preparing this message for a while, so hopefully uh, you like it. Hopefully it, it speaks to your heart. Uh, if, you doesn't, if it doesn't, it's my message. So uh, I'm going to preach it anyway. <laughs> but I want to talk to you today about... Timing. We've been on this series called Upgrade, Upgrade Your Life in 2024. What are you going to do this year that's going to upgrade the things in your life, things that make you more mature Christian, things that help you to be uh, more focused on God, things that are going to help you to, to really improve your life in 2024. And so today I want to talk to you about how it's time for an upgrade. We're going to talk about what that is here in a minute, uh, but uh, go ahead and turn to somebody else and say, it's time time. Esther chapter 4, a very familiar story for a lot of people, but this uh, part, we're just going to read towards the end of it, a very familiar part, and then I'm going to kind of take you back through it as we go through the message this morning. But Esther chapter 4 and verse 12 is where I want to start. It says, when Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Such a time as this. Now, y'all know me a little bit well. If you know me, uh, I need your help preaching today. So all the like amens and the yes lords and preach it and all that. Y'all, y'all participate this morning, okay? Uh, upgrade your life 2024. It's time for you to participate in the sermon, in the message, okay? All right, good. All right, here we go. We're on the same page. All right. Timing is an intriguing concept. We study time and, uh, you know, people, uh, we, we study what people did over the course of time, right? And uh, we wonder, you know, if time can be bent and warped so that we, we can see the future or maybe we can see the past. And, you know, we measure time even down to the smallest amount. Like we actually measure time according to the pulses of an atom. Now, timing is everything. Anybody want to have a little fun before we get started this morning? As I was researching uh, for this message on time, I was researching time to prepare for this, and I got distracted by some perfectly timed photos. Um, so this really has nothing to do with the message other than they're, like, perfectly timed, and I just wanted to have a little laugh this morning. So let's take a look at some of these here. Um, hopefully she was okay. Yeah. You got to look at the top. If, you, if you're missing it, look at the picture in the top. There you go. All right, yeah. Let's just go. Yeah. I love this one. So good. So good. I want to be that guy. Like that would that looks like a lot of fun. Just skimming over the water like that. Uh, the, the water's giving him a hug. I mean, you just like perfect. Like he's just giving a hug. All right. I love. Yeah. You can't go to the beach and not expect seagulls or birds to like try to get your food. Let's keep going here. <laughs> One of my favorites right there. 
Cat people? Any cat people in the house? Okay, we got a couple. All right, it's all right. I, you know, I think this guy probably stood here on purpose, maybe a little bit, you know. Grandma trying to catch catch them. Hey, that'll be Gage later on in life. So Heather, Eric, y'all get ready for that. Uh, I don't know exactly what's wrong with this kid's feet, but here it is. A couple more for you. All right, and then I think this is our last one. Now we got two more, two more. Here we go. I just love that. The bumblebee is like carrying the sun. Isn't that great? Perfect time. And then there you go. Not awkward at all. Okay, all right. <laughs> our lives revolve around time. How many of you are watch people? Any watch people in the house? Okay, like 10 of y'all? Okay. If I asked you to check the time, what would you do? Maybe look at your watch, maybe pull out your phone, right? I saw something at the end of worship. I saw some of y'all checking your time. You probably were like, I wonder how long he's going to preach for. Saw you. No. <laughs> uh, but our lives revolve around time. And, uh, you know, I was a watch wearer up until college. I, uh, I realized that um, up when I got to college, I realized, you know what, I got a phone. And my phone tells time and it has a time on it. So I'll just do away with the watch and, and I'll just keep my phone. And I'll just look time look at time on my phone. Well, then one year, my dad bought me an Apple Watch for Christmas. And there is a lot of power. There's a lot of technology on this thing right here. And look, I got the Series 3, y'all. Like, there's six newer versions of this thing than what I have. But it is, it is you know, amazing what it can do. And it kind of, you know, actually kind of makes me laugh because I'm like, when did telling time not be enough for a watch? You know, I kind of feel bad for, like, all the other watches. They're like, hey, you know, when, when's, telling, when's that not enough, you know? But the Apple Watch is crazy. It can tell, uh, it can do a lot of stuff, right? Like it can, uh, it can tell me the sports scores, right? Uh, I know those, uh, I know John, you were excited the last two minutes of the game last night. Didn't look so good for the Niners there until that, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I have to rag on John a little bit just because we're, we're good friends, but I kind of secretly wanted the, the uh, Packers to win. All the other Cowboys fans are like, shh, don't speak that. No, I'm just, no, it was good to see them. But, but I wa- this watch can do a lot of things. It can text people. Like I can tell it to text my wife and it'll do that. Uh, uh, it'll play music for me. It'll tell me the weather, right? I mean, it does it all. This watch, the Apple Watch actually kind of reminds me a little bit of how we are in 2024, you know? In a lot of ways, it's a good representation of who we are and what people look like in 2024 because in 2024, we are moving at such a fast pace, at such a speed humanity has never moved at before. And we're shaped by our time in 2024, and time is our most valuable commodity. You know, in fact, I've heard a lot of sermons on like, hey, let's protect our heart, right? How many of you heard lots of sermons on let's protect our peace, Right? I think in 2024, we ought to hear a sermon about how do we protect our time, right? Because time is valuable. In fact, I want to submit to you this morning that time is more valuable than money. Here's how I know, right? Uh, You can't borrow time. You can't make time. You can't even buy time. All you can do is spend time or waste time, right? Time is valuable. And this is why you have to be careful what you're paying your attention to. This is why you got to be careful what you're giving your time to. Like the other night when uh, Oliver uh, was getting ready for bed and uh, uh, we were in bed and I got a little upset with him because he wasn't giving his time towards daddy, you know. 
we had just said our prayers. We just got in bed and said our prayers, and we were getting ready to say goodnight. And I, and I put out my arms like this, and I was getting ready for that goodnight hug and goodnight kiss. And his attention instead went to this little fold in the blanket that looked like a mountain. <laughs> now, Oliver, you have to understand, he's been on this track lately. He's like, Daddy, take a picture of this. It's so cute. Daddy, take a picture of this. It's so cute. Like everything in the world right now is so cute to him, right? And it's great, and I love it. But at that moment, I was expecting the embrace of the hug, right, and the time of the, the love that he was going to give me. And I said, I said, buddy, don't you think that I'm a little more important than that mountain? And I know what you're all thinking. Just take a picture and move on, right? But listen, we're trying to teach him at five years old that it's important to make sure that you are sharing your time with those who love you. And it's important to honor your mom and honor your dad when they're giving you instruction and when you're supposed to be doing something that's not being distracted by another thing. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, right? But like after a little discussion with his mom, he's like, he came to me and he's like, Daddy, I'm sorry. Um, I really do think that you're more important than that blanket um, and that little mountain. Um, but his desire to take that picture was more important at that moment to him than spending time with me, than giving me a hug, than embracing me. We are involved with time. Time rules our lives. Timing is everything. And time is interesting because no matter where you come from, no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, regardless of how much money you have, the family you were born into, uh, regardless of your education, everybody on planet Earth has the exact same 24 hours in a day. But it wasn't always this way. In fact, in 1884, it, it, it actually, it took till 1884 for the 26 nations across the world to adopt the uh, time zones, the 24-hour worldwide time zones that we have and we use today. And you know what? We, hadn't even, it, we used to not even have seven days in a week. In fact, uh, it was the French in 1792 who decided, um, we're going to have a 10-day week, and we're going to have 10 hours in a day. Uh, uh, we're going to have uh, 10 hours in a day, 100 minutes in an hour, and 10 seconds in a minute. OCD and me kind of likes that. It's like 10, 10. It's perfect, right? Uh, but they soon found out that, you know, didn't really work. But the Russians even tried something different. Later on in 1929, they had a five-day week, and they even named them after the color, after some colors. They soon realized that didn't work, so they went to like a six-day week, and they figured out, you know what, none of that's even working because the rest of the world is on a seven-day time, and so that's how we're going to do our week. Timing is everything. And we have to pay attention about the timing of what God is doing in our lives because whatever we focus on, whatever we give our attention to, whatever we're looking at, whatever we're spending our time on uh, is where our life will follow. And if you want your life to change in 2024, if you want an upgrade in 2024, it's time to look at your time. Esther, in our story, is an orphan girl. She's living in Persia, and she's a Jewish girl, but nobody knows it. And King Xerxes is the king, and at the time he gets rid of, uh, just before this, he gets rid of his former queen known as Vashti. And he kind of puts on this little, like, pageant, this beauty pageant, and wouldn't you know, it's kind of this, like, Cinderella story. Esther is picked out of everybody to become the queen of Persia. Now, Esther was adopted by her cousin Mordecai because her parents died at a young age. And so he's been mentoring her for quite some time, and they're both Jewish. And he continues to counsel her and advise her as she's, on the, as she's in the palace and as she's on the throne. And it's such an amazing story leading up to, if you go back and read through chapters 1, 2, and 3. But it's in chapter 3 that we get introduced to a new character by the name of Haman. Now, Haman, you have to understand, he's like the, if this was like a Disney movie, he'd be like Jafar, right? 
Like in chapter 3, Haman becomes the chief advisor. And so all the king's nobles and all the king's people, when they came into the, into the king's courts, they would bow down and worship Haman, except one guy, Mordecai. Now, why didn't Mordecai worship Haman? That was the law of the land. That's what they were supposed to do. But, but Mordecai decided, you know what? I don't serve you. I serve the one true God. And so I will only bow down and worship the one true God. And I just got to wonder this morning, how many people in this room, when faced with the same situation, would choose to worship the one true God? Like, how many of you this morning would choose, hey, I'm going to worship God in 2024. Like, he is my Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. He is the King of Kings, the Alpha, the Omega. I'm going to worship him. It's important in 2024 that we identify who we worship. Because who you give your time to is who you worship. Hmm. Now, I know some of us give our time to things like Netflix. I'm not knocking on Netflix, but if you give your time to Netflix, and the more time that you give to that, the less time you give to God, Right? Some of y'all might be giving more of your time to your job than you are to God. Mm. What you give your time to, what your focus is on, is where your priorities are. And God is saying in 2024, if you want an upgrade in life, you've got to be like Mordecai and decide, hey, in 2024, what I'm going to give my time to, what I'm going to give my worship to, is the one true God. Today, you need to decide, which God are you going to give your time to? Because he wouldn't worship, Haman gets so angry. He says, you know what? I want him dead. Not only that, in fact, he says, he takes it a step further. He actually says, you know what? I don't want him dead, but I want every Jew in the land dead. And it's always kind of shocking when we have one bad experience with a person and we blame an entire people group because of it. That's oftentimes where racism and, and comes from, and it's oftentimes where genocides have occurred. In fact, that's actually what takes place in this story. Uh, as you read through it, Haman actually plots genocide, and what he does is he waits for the right time, because timing is everything. He waits for the right time to go to King Xerxes and ask him and tell him about his plan. And part of his plan, if you can believe this, is to set aside a day where, he, where anybody can kill a Jew and not be held accountable for it. Kind of a very purge-like moment. And as we progress through the story, we get to the part that is the most familiar that we just read. Mordecai sends word to Esther, and he says, Esther, the time is now. You must go to King Xerxes, and you must plead our case. You must fight for the Jewish people. It is now time for you to reveal who you actually are. Esther, you've been promoted to the palace for such a time as this. Timing is everything. And here's what we know about Esther at this part of the story. She's been in the palace for five years now. Like there is some part at any point as, as queen of Persia, you would think that it would be revealed to King Xerxes that she is of Jewish background. But it's not because you know why? God has a timing and a plan for everything. He has a purpose and he knows everything under the sun and under the heavens. And he's in control of it all. And he's got a perfect plan for it all. And this is hard for us to grasp sometimes, I think. I think it's hard for us to grasp. This is why you get so frustrated when, when God takes his time. But you forget that God created time, but he doesn't live in time. God created time and he put man in time, but God is not constrained by the limits of time. He lives in eternity. 
God was there in the beginning and he was there at the end. That's why we call him the Alpha and the Omega. So it's not that he's taking his time. It's that we, you're providing God with a deadline based on your own measurement of time. You have to be careful what you're praying about and the timing because it's, God's not held by time. He's not restricted by the time. We are. Can I get a little sciency on you this morning? Is that all right? Okay, good. All right. So uh, Einstein actually figured this out. Now, this is my own take, by the way. Like, nobody's come out and said, like, Einstein figured out that God lives outside of time, okay? But Einstein did figure this out. Einstein figured out what's called the, the, the general theory of relativity. Here's how it works. The closer, the faster you get to the speed of light, the slower time happens for you. The faster you are at the speed of light, the closer you get to that speed, basically the slower time is for you, Okay? So here's how it works. You can, you can travel close to the speed of light. Like you, let's say you go 75% the speed of light, right? And then you speed up to 90% of the speed of light or even 99% of the speed of light. The faster you get, the closer you get to that speed, the slower everything becomes for you. Here's the truth of the matter is light, if light was a living thing, light would have no memory of the fact that it came from this ceiling right here to this ground right here. It wouldn't know because it happens so fast, right? From our perspective, we see this light. It's there. It's all there, right? We turn the light switch on, boom, it's there, right? It's always there. Einstein's general theory of relativity says this, if light could think and if light could experience its own travel from there to here, it would notice every single thing and it'd be able to see every single instant that happened in that amount of time that it takes to get there. Now for us, outside of light's time, we experience it in a different way. To us, it's instant. But to light, because it's traveling at the speed of light, it's actually seeing things really slow. I know it seems kind of confusing, but John 1, 1 says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot understand it. What I'm trying to get you to understand is that if God created light, then he must also be greater than light. What I want you to know is that, is that we cannot constrain God by our own measurement of time. He's greater than all of that. He lives outside of time. Okay, let me, let me take this a little further. Um, John, just because I'm picking on you this morning, but can I get your help this morning? Come on up here, man. I need your help. I need you to come hold this clock for me. Yeah, come on. Y'all give him a hand for coming up here. Come on, John. Just, just hold it like this for me right here. All right. You'll hear people say, it's all in God's timing. And that's a good thing to say. And it's, it's true, but it's not entirely complete. I love that it says in our scripture, for such a time as this. Right? For such a time as this. And it made me think of Exodus chapter 9, verse 5, that says, Then the Lord appointed a set time. A set time. Appointed a time. Appointed. The root word in appointed is point. God has a point in your life where he has set for something to happen. He's appointed. God is saying there's a point that I've already set. So this, this is what he's saying. He's saying, I have a point for you to meet. Okay? Think about that for a second. Let me illustrate this. God gives us hopes. 
He gives us dreams. He gives us certain things that uh, are, for, are meant to happen in our lives. He is in control of it all. He is all perfect for his timing, and he knows every single thing that's going to happen. And he has set a point for every situation, every circumstance, every dream, every hope. He does it all, but he doesn't always allow us to know what that timing is. Okay? So think about it like this. God has set the appointment. This is your appointment, 7 o'clock. But we're over here at 3 o'clock. Now, how many of y'all know that what you do at 3 o'clock, come on, what you do at 3 o'clock, how many of y'all know can affect what happens at 7 o'clock? Think about your day, right? Man, if I choose right now to go to the store, uh, and then at the store, there's a, there's a wreck. And then in, in that wreck, I decide to get out and help the people. And then, and then all these things can happen in a day that's going to affect my appointment at 7 o'clock. It isn't that God's timing has changed. It's just that we haven't reached that appointment yet. Okay? It isn't that God's appointment has changed. It's just that maybe we haven't. Okay? We haven't delayed God's timing. That's not biblical. God's timing doesn't get delayed. It's just that maybe we've been a little disobedient. It's that maybe we just haven't trusted in God's timing. It's that maybe we've lost a little faith along the way, and we're not quite sure about the path that we're on, and we're starting to, to question whether or not to, right now is the time. And our misalignment can cause us to be out of sync with God's timing. Let me go a little deeper. Growing up, my dad used to teach me this thing, and it's just stuck with me my entire life. He used to tell me, early is on time, and on time is late. I used to get so frustrated when people in my household would cause me to be late. And by late, I mean early, because early is on time, and on time is late. But then God is funny, right? He has a little sense of humor. And, and I had a child. Uh-huh. And how many of y'all know that with kids, they don't have any care of what time is until you teach them about time. They have no care. They don't measure time the way that we do. They're not counting on the seconds and the minutes and the hours until our appointments and the things that we got to do. Kids will sleep when they are tired. They'll wake up when they are not. They'll eat when they're hungry. Uh, they'll do all these things, and they don't care generally about the time that you have unless that time interrupts snacks, naps, and play. That's just how kids are. But remember what I told you. Our measurement of time hasn't always been this way. We haven't always had 24 hours. Our measurement of time hasn't been like this. This time, this clock, the 24 hours, the way that we go about our days, every single day we get up at 6.30 or 7 o'clock or whatever time you wake up and you got to get to work at 9 o'clock and, you know, you got to take a shower and do all the things before then and then, and then you got to get your kids to school and then you got lunch at 12 o'clock and then you got to, you know, work until 5 o'clock and you come home and then you got dinner and then all these things we are set by time, by a clock. We always check in our watch. We're always looking at the time. I wonder what time it is. It's time for this. It's time for that. I got to do this. I got to do that. It hasn't always been that way. This is going to blow some of y'all's minds. It wasn't even until the 19th century, less than 200 years ago with the invention of the railroad, that the standard measurement of time that we have today came into being. 
Less than 200 years ago, just over a few decades, they were spanning 100 miles of tracks of railroad all across America, and they, were, they ran into an unexpected problem. The railroads began connecting all these different towns and all these cities together, and there were some between some 20 to 40 different times in any given state. Okay, this, this, so this is what it looked like. Let's say you wanted to take a train ride from Dallas to Fort Worth, okay? From Dallas to Fort Worth, you get on the train in Dallas, and it's 12 o'clock, 12 p.m., it's a two-hour train ride, because trains are slow back then, okay? Two hours to get there. So you get on the train in Dallas, 12 o'clock. You get on the train. You take the train ride. It takes two hours. You get to Fort Worth. It's what time? Two o'clock. Except now you're in Fort Worth, so you're on Fort Worth time, and it's actually 1.45. But then something else complicates it even further, because the train that you're on is actually on Denton time, so it's really 2.17, so you can see how confusing it was. But not only that, we didn't always have the 24... Actually, the 24 hours that we have in a day is really just an average. It's really just an average. Did you know that it actually... Uh, some days, it takes the earth longer than 24 hours to rotate. And some days, it actually goes a little slower. Okay, I can see a little confusing. This is rotate. I'm the earth. Okay? One day. Okay? This is what the earth does around the sun in a year. Rotates as it revolves around. Okay? I'm a little dizzy. <laughs> right? There are factors that cause the earth to speed up, and there are factors that cause the earth to spin down in its rotation. All right? One of those, one of those is uh, movement of, land, uh, of, of masses of animals. Animals migrating across the earth cause the earth to speed up and cause the earth to slow down. The moon, you guys are familiar with tides, right? Tides go in, tides come out, tides go in, tides come out. The pull and tug of the tides on the earth cause the earth to spin faster or slower. So what have scientists done? They said, well, we can't measure it exactly every day because we have to have an exact measurement every day. We've got to have the 24 hours in a day. We've got to have the exact measurement of time. So we'll just average it to 24 hours. I'm not even talking about leap year, y'all. I know this is 2024 and it's a leap year. We're not talking about years. We're talking about days, all right? Days. But what does it say in Genesis chapter 1, verse 5? It says, God called the light day and he called the night, the darkness, night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. The first day. The first, the 24-hour day is man's attempt to put a measurement on God's day. It's our way of setting markers to identify where we are in our day, right? I got to know what time it is. I need to know. I got to be, I got to be at that appointment at five o'clock. I got to be at work at nine o'clock. I got to be here at this time. It's our attempt to measure and to put a marker to identify where we are in the day. Here's what I want you to understand. Without clear markers in our lives, it's often feels a little bit confused, a little bit hazy, and a little bit crazy. Amen? So Esther's wrestling with this. And she says, is it really time? Is now the time to show King Xerxes who I am? A decree has gone out that says, hey, if I... If they know that I'm a Jew, I will certainly die. Is now the time to let King Xerxes know? And she's wrestling with that. And I wonder if there's anybody here this morning that is just wrestling with God. Is now the time? Is the time right now, God? Is now the time for me, God? And you know, if there's such a thing as an appointed time, there can also be such a thing as not time. 
I need you to get this because the immature Christian will get upset over a not yet. <laughs> See, when Oliver wants to do something, I like to use my son as an illustration, if you can't tell. Life good makes life a good illustration. When Oliver wants to do something, and he wants to do it right now, he is he's hard headed. I'm just going to put it that way, and he is determined that he's going to do what he wants to do. And he will come to me and he'll ask me about it. And sometimes I will tell him, "Hey, buddy, not yet, not yet, not yet." And occasionally, when that happens, he gets a little upset, and he gets like this high pitched, like whiny voice. He's like, "This is this I can't even do it, y'all. I mean, like, he just wants to do it. He's like, I just so like the other day, he had, he came to me and he he saw this ad, this commercial for for a water park, and he's like, oh, that's so cool. I had a water slide, and I want to go to the water slide. And he came to me, he goes, Daddy, can we go to that water slide? I really want to go to that water slide. It's got a, I mean, that water park, it's got a slide, and I want to go down. It just looks amazing. Can we go there right now, Daddy? And I just looked at him. I said, Not yet. And he threw a fit. He got all whiny and cry about it, and he was upset. I had to calm him down, and I had to say, Look, son. It's 15 degrees outside, and the water park is closed. I'm not saying, no, we can't ever go there. I'm just saying, not yet. The immature view the not yet of the Father as a no. It's time to upgrade your timing in 2024. It's time to recognize that your not yet is because you haven't reached God's appointed time yet. You might be over here at 4 o'clock, and God's timing is at 7 o'clock. And you might be hearing God say no, or you might be hearing God say, uh, yeah, he might be hearing God say no, and you're, you're, you're thinking that it's, you're, sorry, you might be hearing him say not yet. Let me say it right. You might be hearing him say not yet, but uh, you're hearing it as a no. Listen, upgrade your timing in 2024 and realize that just because you're hearing God say not yet, it just means that you haven't reached your time yet. Y'all give John a hand. Thank you, John. Your arm's tired? You been working out? <laughs> it's been good. Amen. Okay, then, Pastor Chris, how do I know that this is the right time? How do I know when it's time to make a move? How do I know when it's time to stick at it? How do I know if I should quit my job or if I should stay there? How do I know if I should make a pivot in my life? How do I know if I just need a little bit of stretching in my life? How do I know, God, is now the right time to have a child, God? Is now not the right time to have a child, God? Should I get married right now, God? Should I not get married right now, God? Lord, do I need to get this job? Do I not? How do I know, God? How do I know the time is right? And I can just hear the same words of Esther. Okay, Mordecai, I've been in this palace for five years. How do I know now's the time? Life in the palace is good. I mean, I've got servants and, you know, all these things galore, right? Like, life is good in the palace. How do I know it's time, right? What are the indicators? What are the factors? What are the things that will help us upgrade our time in 2024? Church, I can tell you this morning, I don't have three fancy indicators that's going to help you discern the appointment that God has for you. I don't have seven fancy steps that if you do these every single day, you're going to get closer to understanding what God's timing is. Because truth be honest, God's timing is confusing. But what I can tell you is you can do what Esther did. In this moment, Esther did two things. Esther prayed up and Esther trusted up. Remember, I said it's time to upgrade in 2024. It's time for an upgrade. You need to pray up more, and you need to trust up more. If you want an upgrade in 2024, you got to pray up, and you got to trust up. The fact that you need to know about Esther, and this is, I think, one of the most interesting things about this story, is that all 10 chapters of the book of Esther, God not mentioned one single time. He's not. 
It's the only book in the Bible that does this. But as you read through the story of Esther, you'll find God's footprints all throughout. And one such footprint is in this moment when Esther said, okay, is it time to let King Xerxes know that I'm a Jew? And is it time to step up and say, hey, we need to save the Jewish people? She did something first, and what she did was she prayed up. And you have to understand something about this, because what the Bible actually says she did is she decided, hey, we, myself, my cousin Mordecai, and all the Jewish people, we are going to fast. Why is that important? You need to know that it's important because when the Jewish people fasted, and it's also become our custom today, right, is that when you fast, you are denying your flesh so that you can draw closer to God, right? So what are you doing when you fast? You're denying what your flesh wants so that you can pray more and be more in tune with the Holy Spirit. They were denying their flesh so that they might become more in tune with God. And Esther went to God in prayer because, you know what? There's going to be some problems in life that no man can settle for you. There's going to be some troubles in life that no man can solve for you. There's going to be some decisions and some points in your timeline where you're going to not be able to decide, not know what to do, and you can't help it, but all you can do is go to God in prayer. Because there is one God whose timing is perfect, who knows exactly what you need to do, who knows exactly when his appointment is. Maybe you're at 3 o'clock and his timing is at 7 o'clock, but he's there for you and he's your Jehovah Jireh and he's your provider. And in 2024, if you want an upgrade in your life, it's time to pray up. It's time to pray up. You've got to learn to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. And the second thing that Esther did is that she trusted up. So we've got to trust up. How do I know if the time is right? Notice the first thing was pray up. I can't trust up until I pray up, right? <laughs> I got to get on my knees and pray more before I can trust more, right? That's key. You got to have that first. You have to pray first. And so once you've prayed up, then you can trust up. You can trust God because he's the God that's got this. Everybody look at your name and say, God's got this. He's got this, y'all. There's a point in time where God has ordained everything to happen. And we can be at ease because God is in control of it all. God's got this. He's got it. The question is, are you letting him? See, because what happens is what we want to do is we want to control it. We want to put markers to measure the time and the things in our lives and the moments in our lives. We want to know exactly when things are going to happen. We want to try to control it. We want to put a standard of measurement on it. That's not how God works and it results in confusion. God wants us to understand that he is in control. There is a time for everything under the heavens and under the sun and in the heavens, and he's in control of all of it. So trust him. And I want you to hear something this morning, church, because even if you trust him and you mess it up, because how many of y'all know we're human? Come on, raise your hand if you're human in this place. Okay, look around. You're gonna mess it up. Okay, and that's okay because I love what Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says this, God has made everything perfect, everything beautiful in its own time. God has made everything beautiful in its own time. God has made everything beautiful in your time. Is that what it says? God has made everything beautiful in Eric's time. Is that what it says? No, God has said, I have made everything beautiful in its own 
time. What does that mean? That means he has made everything beautiful because he is the owner and creator of everything. Time is not our own. Let's stop trying to control the time. At the appropriate point in time, God will make everything fit and it will be beautiful. Some days things go our way. Some days it goes the other guy's way. Some days a newborn is added to the family. Some days someone in our family dies. Some days we have to go to work. Some days we get to play. Some days a house is built. Some days a house is torn down. Some days we find our value and some days we lose value. And some days we get a hold, we get to hold on to things and hold on. But some days we have to let go. But in the middle of it all is the God who sees everything, who's in control of everything, and somehow miraculously, majestically, and beautifully, he makes it all fit together. And it's beautiful. If I could have Perry just go ahead and come on up and start playing something for me, Perry. So what do I do? What do I do, Pastor Chris? What, 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 can, what can we make here? In this season of life, whether it's a good time that I'm having right now or it's a bad season that I'm going through, what am I supposed to do, God? If I've heard God tell me, to do this, God, and I don't know if I should, God. What am I supposed to do? How, how do I know if it's the right time? How do I know if it's the appointed time? God, what am I supposed to do in this moment? The way I see it is you have two choices. You can throw up your hands in frustration, like, ah, oh, life is just too crazy. Or you can pray up like Esther did, and you can trust up like Esther did. God's in control. The question is, are you allowing him to be the Lord of your time? Are you allowing him to be the God of your time? Maybe some of you this morning, you've been wondering, where's my appointment? Where's my promise? Where is that point in time that God has set for me? I don't even know because God hasn't even told me yet. That's all right. Maybe some of you are thinking for a while now, hey, I've heard God speak, but I just don't know that it's the right time. I'm just not so sure that right now is the time for me to stand up at school and tell my friends about Jesus. I I just don't know if now is the right time for me to walk into work and let people know that I'm a Christian. I just don't know. Is it is it time now? Some of you are so close and you can't figure out how to get there because you're too worried that you're just going to mess it all up. Listen, God's got it. God's got it. God's timing is perfect. We can't mess this up, y'all. Sometimes we can get out of sync with God's timing. Sometimes we can get out of step with God's timing. Sometimes we can feel like we don't even know where God's time is. But God has set a specific time and an appointment for you for everything to happen, every season, every decision, every step of the way. He's got it. He's control of it all. And he's going to make sure you get there. He will. He'll make sure you get there. I want to close with this. So if you bow your heads and close your eyes, I want to close with what it says in James chapter four. We took a little moment earlier to worship. And I I want us to just take a moment to draw near to God because in 2024, if we're going to, if we're really going to upgrade our life, we got to draw near to him. How are we going to go about our life? Not worrying about the timing, the things that are going to happen. You got to draw near to God. I love James 4. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Right? How do I get more in sync with God's timing? What do I do? Every day I kneel down and I pray. Every day I kneel down and I pray. 
maybe even every hour of every day, I kneel down and I pray, God, help me to be in tune, in sync with your time. How do I draw near to God? How do I get closer to his timing? How do I know to make sure that I'm still in step with him? We lift our hands in worship every day. We worship him. We pray up. We worship him. And the last thing is you just step out. God's got this. Just trust him. Just step out. Just step out in faith. Let God know, like, hey, God, you've told me about it. I prayed about it. God, I feel like I'm in tune with you, God. I feel good about this. I'm just going to step out and just do it. And just step out. I want to pray over us this morning. But before I do, I want to just simply ask this. If you're here this morning and, and you've been struggling with trying to figure out the timing of God in your life, would you just lift up a, a hand this morning? You've been, you've been struggling with trying to figure out what, what has God been doing in my life right now? I'm just trying to figure it all out. I don't know what God's timing is. I'm just trying to figure it out. Awesome. I see those few hands there. Maybe this morning you've felt a, felt, felt a nudge by the Holy Spirit. You felt God wanting you to do something in your life and and, and maybe he's, he's even uh, spoke to you audibly about what you're supposed to do. Or maybe, maybe even somebody has came and told you, hey, uh, I have a word from God for you. And you've heard him speak into your life. If that's you, you, you felt like maybe God has a promise or a call for you in your life. Would you raise your hand this morning? Maybe that calling is to be a missionary. Maybe that calling is to go into ministry or, or uh, whatever. Maybe you feel like you've had a, a calling on your life this morning that God has put on you. Would you raise your hand this morning? God's got a perfect time for you. Yeah, I see those hands. God, I thank you for your perfect timing. Jesus, I thank you that you are the Lord of it all. You were there at the beginning of all time. You were there at the end of time. God, you see all time. You know everything that's going to happen because you are the creator of all things, Lord. And so because you created all things and you are greater than all things, that must mean, Lord, that you are also the creator of time and you are greater than all time, Lord. So we submit to you this morning, God, Lord, that we we submit to you this morning our time, our time, Lord, this morning. Lord, whether it be that we just need to spend more time with you, we submit that, we commit that to you this morning, God, Lord, that we would spend more time with you. Or maybe, maybe we just need to trust you God, Lord, you've put a call in our life or you told us uh, we need to do something, God. Maybe we just need to step out more in faith, God, and just trust that you will take care of it and that your timing is perfect, God, and not worry about it. Lord, that we would just hear your words this morning that now is the time and we would do it. Oh, Lord, we feel your presence in this place, God, and we, we, we feel, God, this morning that you are Lord of it all and you are, God, the, the God that created everything. And Lord, we just want to commit to you this morning our hearts, our lives, and our time this morning. Thanks for listening to this message. If you were blessed by this ministry, we want to encourage you to share it. And if you don't have a church home, come join us any Sunday at 1030. 